Lederhosen. Some of them fit correctly, some of them don't fit correctly, but Lederhosen left and right. Welcome to the Beer Feelings Podcast, where together we are indulging in life and craft beer. This show is all about demystifying the craft beer space in a fun and flirty way for those who are just beginning their beer journey or for people who already love their brews and are hungry to learn more. My name is Natalie Jones, and I am the beer drinking gal pal you never knew you had. Well, the time has come, my friends. It's an amazing season to be a beer drinker because it is once more Oktoberfest. So on today's episode, we're going to celebrate. This week on the show, I'm going to cover a little bit about the history behind Oktoberfest, some of the beer evolution, and then wrap up with what you can expect from an American version of this festival today. So grab your stein, grab a friend to cheers with, and let's get going. Now, before we hop into all things Oktoberfest today, this is your friendly weekly reminder. If you're not doing so already, make sure to click on that follow button or subscribe button wherever you're listening and make sure that I show up on your feed every week. And who doesn't love a little bit of Natalie on a Sunday morning, you know, when everyone loves to drink beer, but I deviate. Let's talk about Oktoberfest. So if you've been living under a rock, Oktoberfest is a two-week festival held in Munich, Germany, that's kind of like the ultimate beer festival, like traditional beer festival, I guess I should say. So it's been going on for freaking forever, but let's go way back. How did this festival start? So way, way back, many moons ago, back in 1810, the first Oktoberfest was held to celebrate the marriage. Uh, ooh, get ready for me to butcher some names. <laughs> to celebrate the marriage of Prince Regent Ludwig of Bavaria, who eventually turned into King Ludwig I, and Princess Therese of Saxony, ooh, Hildburghausen. Okay, that was less bad than I expected, but. The first festival was basically to celebrate their nuptials, and it centered around this huge horse race on a big field. And that was it. It was a it was a big party. It was a big horse race. But people had such a good time that they decided on the one year anniversary of this wedding that they wanted to do it again the next year and the next year and the next year. So it started with just a horse race, then became kind of a horse race plus a fair, and then a horse race plus a fair plus booths for food and drink. That was tough to say. So each year it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And as it grew into the night. 1800s, those food booths and those beer booths turned into kind of these like huge temporary beer halls and then kept expanding to include parades and costumes and all sorts of good stuff. It's called Oktoberfest because originally it was in fact held in October, but I guess if if like if you're back under that like living under a rock, Oktoberfest typically happens in the last couple of weeks in September. Now, the reason why that happens, I didn't know this until um, until I started researching for this episode, but turns out the organizers of Oktoberfest just straight up wanted nicer weather. So they just had it end in October instead of having the whole festival happen in October. So power to the event organizers. I respect that. So 
So that that's basically like the shortest version ever of where Oktoberfest came from. But let's talk a little bit about the beer evolution because beer is a huge piece of Oktoberfest nowadays, even though that's not really how it began. Now, ever since the beginning, the only beers to ever be served at the official Munich event follow Reinheitsgebot, which is the German brewing like purity law. Now, don't worry. We're going to have a whole podcast episode coming up about that specifically. It's going to be beautiful. I have a plan. But basically, all you need to know on this episode is that this purity law says that beer can only be called beer if it only uses water, yeast, grains, and hops, and that's it. Now, even though that has been true the entire time Oktoberfest has been around, technology and brewing and trends and different taste levels have changed, so the beer that you've seen at this festival has also reflected that change. Now, when beer started being served at Oktoberfest, kind of in the earlier days, brewers only were able to roast their grains over open flames, which leaves the individual kernels darker. Then when you use those darker kernels, as a result, it makes the beer darker as well. Now, the first beer to enter our Oktoberfest ring is one of our favorites. It is the Dunkel. Then, in the mid-1800s, the technology behind roasting grains changed. Brewers were able to use hot air instead of open flame, which allowed the brew to be a little lighter in color and a little less roasty in flavor. So who enters the Oktoberfest party? The Marzen. Now, for me, this is my absolute hands-down favorites of all the beers we're talking about today, but you guys already know how much I love like a good caramely, middle-of-the-road, roasty, amber beer. But then, bringing it all the way up to modern-day Germany, back in the 1970s, which like it feels kind of silly to say back in the 1970s because we were talking about the 1800s a minute ago. So in the 1970s, in order to keep up with consumer preferences for an even lighter and less roasted beer, came the Fest beer, which is a golden lager. So really, the more recent we get, the lighter and lighter and lighter the beer gets. Now, most of the time, you're still going to see more of those roasty ambers, a lot of those Marzens here at Oktoberfest celebrations in the United States. But in Germany, they are all about the Fest beer. They're all about that beautiful golden lager. Now, what can you expect today at an Oktoberfest? Like if you were to go to an Oktoberfest party, an Oktoberfest festival, maybe in your town, maybe a couple towns over. Now, a heads up, I'm going to talk about what I know, and I've never been to Munich, although it's definitely on my travel shortlist, but of the festivals I've gone to here in America, here's a little bit about what I've seen. A lot of fun music, a lot of horns, a lot of like music you would never hear anywhere else besides it like a German festival. Another thing I've come to expect, Lederhosen. Some of them fit correctly, some of them don't fit correctly, but Lederhosen left and right. As far as entertainment goes, this is where, like, I think Americans have really, like, maybe got taken things out of control, maybe not, but I've seen everything that seems like a little more traditional. So beer stein holding contests where you extend your arms like straight out in front of you. You see who can hold the most beer the longest. So that's kind of like one end of the spectrum. And then all the way on the other end of the spectrum, wiener dog races, dachshund, 
racing, dachshund costume contests, like lots of wiener dogs everywhere. And then of course, when you are at one of these festivals, expect delicious German food galore. So we're seeing bratwurst, we're seeing pretzels, we're seeing schnitzel. Like it's just, mm. if I could go to an Oktoberfest once a week, number one, I would weigh 800 pounds, but number two, I would just be so, so happy. The one other thing before we wrap up this episode, because instead of listening to me, I want you to look up where you can go to an Oktoberfest festival, something you should expect, at least at the Oktoberfest that I have gone to, they have these beautiful ceramic or sometimes glass steins, like really huge, like impressive looking mugs that you can purchase and basically get your beer at a discount from the beer booth. Number one, I'm all for like getting a good deal on beer. So I'm here to support you, but I'm also here to provide a little bit of caution that those steins are fucking heavy. So if you're going to go get those steins, either prepare for like an upper body workout if you're going to hold it all day or partner up with a friend. And I'm I'm serious. Take turns with this or just scope out a table and make sure you can set it down, you know, every so often. The first Oktoberfest I went to in Denver, um, actually this fun little Natalie story, I had just started dating Aaron. And so I was trying to be like impressive and not whiny and complaining. And I got that really fucking heavy sign and I carried it around all day. And I can think of very few times where like my armpit muscles have been more sore. So, so just cautionary tale, but yeah, there you go. All around though, Oktoberfest, it's a great time. If you haven't been to one, absolutely make it a priority this year. You won't regret it. I promise. So like I said, going to wrap up this episode speedy quick because I want you to go out and do some Oktoberfest things. Now, I hope you're having a great day. I hope you continue to have a great day. And I hope that no matter what you choose to do, hopefully it's going to some kind of German Oktoberfesty thing, but I hope that you're doing it with a great beer in hand and even better people by your side. You guys, I'm really serious about the heavy cups. Just like heed my warning. (laughs) All right. I'll catch everybody next week where we're going to dive even deeper into my favorite style of Oktoberfest beer. It's the Marzen. See you there. Cheers. Cheers.